Well, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that God woke you up to be here, which is in and of itself uh, uh, a miracle. Uh, I didn't mean it that like that, but <laughs> anyways, I'm, I'm glad he brought you here. Uh, if you are here, um, that's because he wanted you to be here in this church and um, thank him for that. We thank him for that and we thank you for being here. Um, so anyways, if you don't know me, uh, my name is Lewis Urbantic. I'm a deacon here at Church on the Rock. Uh, I've been going here for, it'll be three years now, um, I think in June. Um, you know, also, if, I mean, some of you are, I see a lot of new, fa new faces. So since not all of you know my history here, um, so in uh, September of 2017, uh, I, went, I went down. Uh, I had a sickness, uh, something called endocarditis. Um, you know, I... I I came home from work, I think it was like the 12th, um, and you know, I had flu-like symptoms. My wife took me to the hospital. They didn't really know what to do with me. Endocarditis is something that's really hard to diagnose, apparently. And so I uh, went home that night, and then on the 13th, it was in the evening, so about 24 hours later, you know, I started convulsing in the bed, and you know, I was having what they call stroke-like symptoms. They call them mini-strokes or PSIs. Yeah. Always get it, always get it wrong. You know, I had, I had about 20-something of those. Uh, my, my, my skin was turning black. I mean, it was, I had undergone, uh, I, I was going through sepsis. Uh, and what had happened was I had a staph infection in the heart. A piece of that broke off. It showered through my body, and it just, so I was in a coma for about a month. Um, and then the recovery after that was I spent a few weeks at uh, RHI, for, or well, a couple of weeks at Seton Hall, which, by the way, uh, actually, she's not in here. She was here first service. Uh, Danielle Urbancic, uh, Zach Urbancic's uh, wife. At the time, it was Danny Bankson. Uh, they were in the fourth and fifth grade, but it, Danny Bankson was my, one of my nurses. And, and, and I remember very vividly, uh, you know, there was a, a point in time, and I actually found out the reason, by the way. So uh, anyways, I'm sorry. Start that over. So, <laughs> so anyways, uh, there, there was a point in time where you know, I was trying to communicate to my mother, my father, my, my wife that I wanted uh, ice crumbs and a Mountain Dew. I mean, I, my mouth was so dry, you know, that, that I, I couldn't, you know. And so I needed something. But the problem was, is since I had been in a coma for four weeks, you know, I had lost so many of the motor skills. I couldn't write. I couldn't talk. You know, I had no ability to communicate. So if any of you who know me on a personal basis, like, you know I, I hate repeating myself. And I mean, really hate it. Like, it's to the point where it's like, I've been simple over it. Like, I'm not going to. And in fact, I was simple uh, over it in this moment, uh, I found out. Um, but yeah, and so, uh, so anyways, I was getting so frustrated with Danny. You know, she, um, you know, she was apparently really good about um, uh, reading lips. And so she came in since my mom, my, my father, my, you know, my wife, nobody else could figure it out. And, and even she was struggling. And so. You know, I, I'm getting so frustrated. And that, that was just what that time in my life was like. I mean, I was at my absolute weakest. Couldn't communicate, couldn't stand up on my own power. I tried to, and I basically melted to the floor. It was terrible. Scared my nurse. She cried. <laughs> um, you know, and it just, so I didn't know what else to do during that time. And so, uh, you know, what I, the only thing, I, I did the only thing I, you know, thought I could do, which was pray. I, I, I had my wife read me the Bible occasionally, but, but mostly pray, you know. 
And it was just I was in contact with God. It was, it was 24-7. I mean, it's not like I had anything else to do. And, uh, you know, I just by the time that got over, even, even, so even when I had heart surgery, you know, a month and a half later, you know, I mean, same thing. It was just all part of the same episode. And I, I've, I've never really felt so close to God in my entire life. You know, that I, I just, I, I promise, God, like, I, you're getting me through this, and I thank you for that. You know, but if I, if I get out of this, like, I, I never want to lose this feeling. You know, I never want to get that far away from you ever again. You know, because before this, you know, I had struggled with things like, like, like alcohol and porn. And, you know, even when I got out of it, it was like, you know, you get back to regular, normal life. And you, I was falling back into some of the same traps. You know, I haven't watched porn in a few years now, you know, but like, you know, even like putting other things before God. You know, I, I would have a drink. I wouldn't say it's sinful at this point, but at the same token, it was like I would have a drink instead of like getting in my word to God or, or getting in the word with God. You know, food, I, I would watch TV instead of getting in the word. You know, I was, I was putting so many other things before him that I just, you know, one day I like look around and it's just like, what, what happened to that person? Like, where is that person that was like in contact with God 24-7? And I would beat myself up over it and, and it would just cause me to get worse over time. You know, it just, things, I, I would just, well, what's the point, right? And, and I mean, how many of us get like that sometimes where it's like, you know, I, I'm sinning against you and I don't know how to not do these things, right? Because I got to devote time to my family. I got to devote time to work. I got to, you know, I, I need rest, you know? Like, what am I supposed to do? I can't do anything about it. And so all of a sudden, it's just like you, you, you don't get back to where you were, you know. It's like you've given up on trying, and um, you know that, that kind of takes me into the verses here, you know. So uh, if you could put John twenty-one up, yep. So it's, uh, it says when they finished breakfast. So this is at the end of John. This is after Jesus has died and resurrected, and he's appeared to the disciples a couple of times already, and in this particular time, uh, uh, John. Uh, Peter uh, and uh, I think a couple of the other disciples they were they were fishing well uh, while they were fishing you know John noticed someone at the you know at the shore and he's like oh it's Jesus and, and Peter of course you know he just flings himself out there I mean the, the, the literally says John threw or Peter threw himself out of the boat which is a hilarious image in and of itself and so they all <laughs> they all get back to shore and they're having breakfast you know all the fish they caught and, and um, when, they had, uh, yeah, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Uh, G- uh, Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend to my sheep. Jesus said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you, know, do you love me? And, he, and Peter said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. One, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he, he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Okay, so at, at this point, like, like the, the, the power of this story is really in the context, okay? Because up to this point, you know, in the four Gospels, as far as I can tell, 
you know, Jesus and Peter have not had this intimate moment where it's like, you know, you denied me three times. What's up? You know, it just, it, they, they never had confronted each other about anything. <coughs> I say confronted. They had never gotten together to really just talk, you know, intimately. And, and, and imagine your, yourself Peter, right? Like, in, in Jesus' last 24 hours, you know, you denied him three times. You know, you, you have, uh, in his most critical hours, in his hours of biggest need, you were nowhere to be found. And not only that, you failed him. You know, you were an instrument of his arrest, and unwittingly, might I add, but an instrument nonetheless. And so, you know, you feel terrible. I mean, do, like when we say, God, I'll never do this again, and we do it, like, I mean, how much, like, how much, like, sorrow and grief do we have over ourselves? I mean, we, we really just beat ourselves down. I mean, does, it, does anybody feel like that? Am I the only one? <laughs> you know, I mean, it <coughs> so, you know, that, that brings me really to my first point. You know, really, we are powerless to sin. I mean, th there's, Peter was powerless to it. We are powerless to it. Uh, Romans 7, 18 says, For I know nothing, uh, that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but no, not the ability to carry it out. And I, I don't want to get too much into free will and the de debate about what's free will and what's not and yada yada but what the point that Paul is making here is like the human will you know has no ability to not sin it, it just it doesn't you know eventually at some point in time those fleshly desires can and will take over without without something to combat it and we are we, we are unfortunately we are just too weak you know that's why we say we won't do these things and then we do you know at some point in time we get <coughs> we get away from the, uh, well, I say the intimacy that, you know, I was talking about earlier. I, I can't think of a better word to describe it right this second. But, but we ultimately depend on ourselves to not do those things, and that fails. It always does. Okay? And then I've got worse news for you in Galatians. <laughs> right? It's, how does it get worse? <laughs> For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Now, <laughs> the worst part about this is that we will always struggle with this. The, as long as we're alive, the flesh and the spirit will fight against each other. And so you could see this like when, when, so we all have our sins that we struggle, the things that we struggle with the most. I'm not talking about the, you know, the day-to-day -day things, you know, where it's like, it, your kid you know, screams, you're like, be quiet, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> sorry, y'all making me laugh now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm not talking about those, but I'm, just, I'm talking about the things that we practice, right, the, the, the sins where it's like, God, I just, I want this out of my life so much, you know, for me, it was alcohol and porn, I mean, prior to 2017, it, it just, I didn't, I didn't know how else to do it, I didn't know how to not do it, you know, and unfortunately, when that would happen, you get to, I get to this point where I'm just like, well, what's the point in even trying if I can't do anything about it? See, verses like this, there, there is nothing I can do. Unfortunately, or unfortunately, goodness. Unfortunately, there is good news, and that is going to take me to my second point. The power to not sin is a gift from God, okay? So <laughs> in Romans 8, 3 to 4, 
It says, For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of law might be filled in us who walk according to the flesh, but not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So what God did for us was send his Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us so that we could have access to God through the Holy Spirit. You know, Paul is saying exactly what we were talking about. Uh, I think it was right before this. You know, no, it's right after. Yeah, right after. You know, what a wretched man am I. If we were stuck in this state where we couldn't control whether or not we sinned, I mean, we would be doomed. I mean, God is righteous to, to send us to hell if we sin. He just is. But because he sent his son, he, get, he has given us the Holy Spirit and all the tools that we need to overcome sin. You know, we just, the, the, we just have to realize how to do that. And that is a lifelong process. It's not, you're not going to be converted and figure it out in one day. It's just not the way it works. Um, wish it was. But it <laughs> we will struggle with these things for the rest of our lives. Like I said, it is always going to be a struggle until you know we die and we receive our new body and we are free from sin. Salvation, right? So uh, that takes me to my third point. Okay. <coughs> the reason this is good, or I'm sorry, I'll get to this first. So our failures are not the end to salvation, but they are, they, be, uh, they are the beginning. So the reason this is good news for us is we don't have to um, beat ourselves up. We don't have to lose the battle with sin once and think that there's never a reason to get back up on the horse. You know, we don't ever have to feel defeated to the point that it's like we keep walking through uh, our life of sin, Okay. <coughs> for newborn Christians, or I'm sorry, for non-Christians, the good news for you is like, you will walk into life with sin, okay? And you can accept Jesus Christ and, and be, you can have comfort in the fact that Christ will carry you through that life of sin unto salvation, okay? Now, if there's going to be work between now and then, okay, grant you, Jesus did not promise a comfort, you know, problem-free life. I mean, my life is evidence of that. I, I've been through uh, I've been through so much. I, <laughs> my wife and I have lost a kid, two kids, <coughs> one of which was stillborn. A couple miscarriages. I, I told you about my endocarditis earlier. You know the the, the health issue. I mean, I, I should have died in that. You know, and, and nevertheless, God has brought me through the muck. And <coughs> excuse me, you can see evidence of it still going now. But um, you know, I, I'll deal with this for the rest of my life. But the thing is, is God's brought me through it, and now I still have life to give this message to you today. I have life to give to my wife and my children. Um, and that was all because God willed it. It had nothing to do with me. I mean, like I said, I slept the whole time, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but, but, but that, that episode sent me on, a, on a, a, a path, you know, where it's like I, as I started to fall back into the old, the old ways, you know, where it was like that got me, it, it, well, the, the, the old ways that got me to where I was before I got sick, I mean, they didn't cause it, we'll say, it, I mean, medically speaking, they didn't cause it, but there's not a thing that anyone could say here that, you know, it, God, it didn't happen for a reason, like, it, to me, it did, you know, and, and so <laughs> I'm going to use what life I've got left to learn that. Part of learning that is this lesson here, you know, I, I, I am a sinner. And I will sin. And I hate that about myself. I really do. And I hope you all do too. You know, because that's, that's what's going to set you on a course 
towards salvation. And, and I'm going to get there uh, actually really quick before we go. Um, you know, this, this life in, in, in Christ, you know, it, it's, it's, it's what Satan uses against us the most, right? He creates confusion as to who we are. You know, you're not really a Christian. You are undeserving. You're worthless. You're, there's no point in you doing anything because you can't do anything on your own. The not doing anything on your own is the half-truth, right? Like, he is right. We can't do anything. Jesus said it himself. Apart from me, you can't do anything. That part is true. The part that's not true, the part that he gets you to believe, is that there is nothing you can do without Christ. That's, that's the part that he strings into that, that, that you believe because you can't do it, there's nothing you can do. The thing is, as we just discussed, Christ can do it. You know, we've accepted Christ. He can do it, okay? And so the, the, the marks of, I, I, I want you to keep these in mind as, you, as we walk through this, you know, the marks of the Christian life, um, you know, because we've been given the Holy Spirit, we, it's really just kind of a, a, a manifestation of the first two points. We, <coughs> we're aware of a struggle within us. I mean, we feel, we feel from the Spirit the, the, the pull to do right, the pull to follow the will of God. You know, but on the other hand, you know, we feel this pull of the flesh that we, we want to give in to our, you know, fleshly desire. We want to we wanna live in, I say live in the world. We want to enjoy the world. I can't think of a better way to say it. But we, we, we want to sin. I mean, sin is enticing. Let's be honest. You know, but the thing is, sin isn't what gets us to heaven. Sin is what removes us from heaven. Well, so it's at least what separates us from God. That's why when you get these close moments with God and you get these <coughs> times where it's like you just feel like you're on top of the world and then all of a sudden because you feel like you're on top of the world and you sin again and it kind of brings you down and it separates you from God. That's why, that's why you want to get back to where you were. Okay? Um, I'm going to go ahead and go from here to Philippians 2, 12 to 13, if you can. Thank you. Uh, oh, I forgot the first one. Not the second one. Uh, forgot the second point. Okay, the first one, right? Awareness of, of the struggle within you between the flesh <coughs> and, and uh, the spirit. Uh, the second one is that you have a power within you, right? That power being the Holy Spirit. I mean, that is the point in and of itself. You know, so if, if anyone ever says, you know, I can't beat this sin, like, you are wrong. <laughs> Blasphemy! <laughs> Sorry. That was a personal, personal moment. <laughs> There's this preacher, his name is Paul Washer, and we had this, like, kind of running joke, you know, and he's like fire and brimstone preacher. <laughs> he's making a point, you know, and I mean, it's kind of exactly like that, you know, it's like blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, and he, blasphemy. Anyway, we thought it, we thought it was funny. <laughs> so, okay, anyways. So, yeah, those two points. March to the Christian life. Wherever a struggle, and you have power because you have the Holy Spirit within you, okay? Now, Philippians 2.12 Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Okay, and the two big things I want to pull out of here before we move on, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, okay? <coughs> yeah, we work our salvation, okay, because we're the ones walking through it. Ultimately, we are responsible for our decisions, okay? But you work, out, you work out your salvation with fear and trembling because God's righteousness, you know, the, 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 the justice, the power of God deserves our respect, okay? 
But that's, that, that's, that's a part of it. That's respecting the power of God. That's part of it. But here's where you are able to overcome sin, or at least where it starts, okay? Uh, yeah, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure, okay? And like I said before, I don't want to get into the free will debate too, so much as I want to, I want us to think of will and works, you know, as, you know, desire and choice, you know? So, for instance, you know, God um, works in us both to, you know, ch change our desires and to help us make the choice to, to work for his good pleasure. You know, we, um, in other words, you know, God helps us, you know, the, the, before we were a Christian or even as we were new Christians and we would give in to sin, you know, God eventually changes our hearts. You know, he changes our hearts both to um, not want to do those things, but, but also to um, make the choice not to do those things. You know, it's, it's two different, they're related, but still different. You can not want to do it and not choose to do it. And they're both, uh, well, I said they're related. Um, I guess the only one I'll say it in a way other than that. But, um, okay, and now I'm going to now I'm gonna uh, go to a warning here. So, because, First uh, John, by the way, please. Uh, because up to this point, right, like I've, I've talked about uh, sin and that we're powerless to it, and then it's God that uh, both wills us to and um, work or desire and to choose God over sin, okay? But, but <coughs> as we learn from John, all wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who has been born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. Okay, now when I came across this, all wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death, like it got me thinking. I was like, but we always knew that the wages of sin is death. You know, yes, that's true. Um, but but what I think here it, it's getting at is that, you know, there's this... Um, I don't want to say we have the latitude to sin. You know, we don't have permission to sin. Like, make no mistake about it, God hates sin. And we will have to answer for all the sins that we've committed throughout our lives. One day, we will, okay? But God also realizes our fallenness, okay? Same thing we've been talking about. Realizes our fallenness and that we will make mistakes. If we are walking in, uh, in faith with God, we will be doing new things as Christians. You know, we'll be... Uh, whether it's, you know, reaching out to new ministries or doing ministry at all, we will be doing new things, and we will, we will fail him from time to time, you know. But the, um, the important distinction here is, are we sinning, you know, it's like those one-off sins, or, or really, I guess, the words I want you to, you know, write down or hang on is, what are you practicing? Are, are, you, are you practicing, you know, walking in God's, you know, God's word, and you just fall off from time to time, or are you practicing how to sin better? You know, it's no different than when you practice baseball. You know, you, you practice your form. You practice how to get better. You know, what are you practicing? Okay? I mean, earlier in First John, he says, all sin is lawlessness, and those who practice lawlessness will not see the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, I remember exactly how it said, but that's how it goes. If you're born of God, you will not practice sin. Okay, so here's where the real warning comes in. Okay, Hebrews 12, 16, please. It says, okay, so no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he, was sought, though he sought it with tears. 
Okay, this is the scary part of living in sin and being unrepentant. Okay, because earlier when we were talking about First John, he was talking about, you know, in that letter, he was talking about several major sins that um, are, that, that if you, you would, he was talking about several sins that children of God do not do, which, I mean, more, it was, uh, goodness, I forgot what I said. Oh, uh, not loving your brother, rejecting Christ outright, and then the, the one which we're getting on here is unrepentant sin, right? And so Esau, for instance, you know, what this is saying is, is, is God, Esau had gotten so into his sins. It calls out sexual immorality specifically, but unholiness, which is a catch-all for sin every way, every, every other sin. I mean, and <coughs> he had gotten to the point where he was so in his sin that God, I'll leave you to your sins then. And so when he turned around and asked for his birthright, he wanted that, um, he, he wanted to repent. It was, it was, for him, it was too late, okay? And so I don't, I don't know what everybody's timeline's like because I'm not God, okay? But there is a point at which if you are not repenting of your sins, it might be too late. And so I say that to say this, you know, whatever sins you struggle with, Make the effort today. Pray today. Get in your word. Learn God's will for you. And the only way you're going to do that is by getting in the word. And the only way you're going to change your heart is by praying to God to change your heart. You know, yeah, you're going to fail between now and then. You will. But, but, God says, turn to me. And you do, time and time again. As long as you keep going back to him, and as long as you keep, you know, persevering, you know, it's, it's, it's not the end for you. There's, there's no, th- your, your, your best day is, is never, uh, I'm sorry, your worst day is never out of reach for God's grace. And your best day is never too, uh, is never so good that you don't need God's grace. You know, and so it, it kind of it opens up this question. At least in my mind it does. I, I, I wonder if you have the same, I hope you have the same question too. You know, what, so we have this like spectrum, right, from, from Esau to Jesus, where it's like you're sinning, you know, you're giving up to your sins, but you're not quite Jesus, but you still sin. Where do you fall on that spectrum? Again, I don't know because I'm not God, okay? But it tells me that because we had, we, because there is a point where we can be given up to our sins, what's our role? If, if, if I mean, what's our role? What do we, what, what do, we do? And this will take me to my fourth point. Recognizing God's divine love leads to his grace. Okay. <laughs> oh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 5, uh, 15, 9 to 10. Um, by recognizing God's love leads to his grace, you know, I, well, I'll read the verse real quick. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God. <coughs> and I don't, I don't really know how to explain these verses other than you know, Paul says, I am what I am. You know, he, he comes into this with, you know, having been you know, the worst sinner of the worst sinner. You know, he, he persecuted the church. He, he's of those who called for the killing of Jesus Christ. He, <coughs> you know, you don't really get that much worse than Paul, okay? 
But he had a 180 turnaround, and he was one of the most important figures in the New Testament. You know, he wrote, I mean, wrote, what, half of it? I mean, Josh, you probably know. I'm like, half the New Testament at least. You know, uh, so the best way I can really describe these verses is through, you know, the institution of marriage. You know, my, my wife and I. Um, and I. And I'll first start with Ephesians 5. Um, it's not going to be up here, but, you know, suffice it to say, I guess I have a bookmark, but suffice it to say, you know, you, have, you all, have you all heard the, the wives submit to your husbands? You know, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You know, the, 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 the preceding parts of this, it's talking about, you know, loving your Christian brothers, uh, and really all people, but really loving others and being, you know, submitting to them out of reverence for Christ. And that sets up this wives, you know, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, giving himself up for her. You know, there's, in, in those two commands, you know, there is, there is, yeah, there's a leader in the marriage, but there is no one that, um, there's no one that, that really, my wife and I, motto between the two of us is, is to try and outserve the other. You know, that, that's, 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 that's marriage in a nutshell. You know, yeah, there's a leader, but you're always trying to serve the other, you know, through, out of reverence for God. You know, I mean, I, I told you before, we have been through so much, you know, and our marriage where it is now is nothing like it was seven years ago. You know, I mean, we're coming up on 10 years, and it, well, nine years this year, so it'll be 10 years next year. You know, but, but the thing is, is, is I, I love her more than I loved her yesterday, and I love her a lot more than I loved her, and, and that's what Paul's getting at here. You know, you, you go through these things, the struggles, the stuff that just, God, where are you? Why aren't you here? You know, like, it's okay to have that cry out to God. It is. As long as it's not coming from, like, a me, I, me, we, you know. But it's okay to ask God. It's okay to wonder where he is, you know. And, and you'll get, you, if you keep God as your, your compass, your center, you'll get through those things. And when you get out of it, you will have a greater love and appreciation for God than you did before. I, I, like my wife, it's the same thing. I, and, and you just persevere. You, you have to persevere. That, that's your role. Because when, when you do those things, you'll love God all the more. And then, and then all of a sudden, it's like you, don't, you, you, want, you want the world back. I, I know I did. I have, if, if you knew who I was, if you, had a, if you were a fly on the wall in my house, you know, five years ago, my goodness, you'd wonder how I was up here. You know, but I'm here. And, and by the grace of God, it's because I persevered. And, and I want that for you all. You know, that, 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 that's how we grow. It's, it's not easy. It's, it's certainly, it's not fun. I ask that you guys, I, I call for you all to persevere. I'm going to ask for the worship team to come up. Um, you know, it, it, when, when, you, when you go through the muck, you'll love God more. I mean, you'll, you'll understand, but you, won't, you might not understand it in the moment. But, but one way or another, you know, God will show you. you when, we, when we die, God will, God says, I, all will be answered. So I ask that you love him, learn how to love him more, even though it hurts now.
Heavenly Father, I thank you for bringing all these beautiful people here today. But Lord, they are beautiful to you. And each and one of them, each and every one of them matters to you. I know that there might be some that are hurting out here today. Lord, I just I ask that you love them all the more. Show them your love. Because you love Peter whenever he denies you. 
with Jesus on a personal level, you haven't asked him in your heart, I pray that you do before the day's over. I love the point Lewis made, our failures are not the end to salvation, they are the beginning. And so as we go out this week and we fall short, remember Jesus still has your back. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear God, Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for Lewis. We thank you for his willingness to listen to you. Lord, we ask that you'll be with us this week. We ask that you'll watch over, guide, and protect us. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. Lord, we ask that if there's one here that does not know you on that personal level, Lord, that they will before the day is over. Lord, we love you. podcast is a ministry of Church on the Rock in Brownsburg, Indiana. If you want any more information about our church family, our pastor, or where we meet, please visit our website, www.churchontherockbb.com.